The following program is a paid commercial, which has been paid for by the advertiser, whose products and or services are featured in this program. Mindful of your health. Sponsored by Emergence Health Network. Hello again, I'm Noreen Hadamia with Emergence Health Network, and we want to thank you for being a part of our podcast where we are mindful of your health. Now, today's focus is going to be the mental well-being of our youth. So we've invited one of our experts over at Emergence Health Network with to be with us today, and that is Dr. Carla Alvarado, and you are our child psychiatrist. So thank you so much for being with us. Yes. And we really want to pick your brain because we have a lot of questions about, you know, the, the mental health of our children. And I want to start off by the difference between if, if there is a difference. Mental illness and mental health, is, is there a difference there? Or are they, how are they connected? Yes, yeah, so when I'm thinking about mental well-being, right? Mm -hmm. So those are some of the activities that we do to remain healthy and, and have a good life. So things like exercise, meditation, okay. um, massages, stress ball, just giving ourselves some time, getting good sleep. Kind of like so, self-care. Yes, all okay. of those self-care would be kind of like mental wellness that we encourage so that it protects us from developing a mental disorder. Okay. And how is mental wellness, because that's what we want to, you know, incorporate. Mental wellness, how is that different for children, you know, as opposed to, to adults? So mental wellness for kids, I always stress to parents that we need to incorporate more outdoor activities, okay. um, play, uh, I can't stress that enough. We tend to focus on school academics and mm -hmm. performance. And so we also have to give these children time to play by themselves, play outdoors, play in sports, play with their friends. Okay. So that would be a little bit different than an adult getting uh, a massage or having a pedicure. Okay. Because for kids, they kind of de-stress with friends and they de-stress with the play. Okay, so we need to make sure that we give them what's important to them mm -hmm. as well. Okay, um, what are some of the misconceptions about behavior health for children? You know, oh, they're being kids, they're just acting up. Yeah, along those lines, am, am I close? Yes, I, I think, you know, when we're looking at mental illness, we tend to see a lot more behavioral problems in the younger kids. Uh, more so than uh, ADHD or depression and anxiety in the adolescence and okay. closer to adulthood. But uh, yes, there is a misconception that there is no mental disorders in children, but uh, they can present as early as, you know, school age, so four or five, and you can definitely see that in the classroom, you can see that okay. in the daycare, and you can see that in the home setting. Let me back up a little bit to my question about mental health and mental illness. Mm -hmm. So mental illness is an actual diagnosis of Yes, yeah, so me mental things? illness, we would be following the criterion, right? Okay. And what we're kind of focusing on with the mental disorder is seeing that the symptoms that the child presents with or that the adolescent presents with interferes with their social, okay. with their uh, academic or their school performance, but also they start affecting their adaptive functioning, so their activities of daily living. So they're no longer bathing, they're no longer eating appropriately, okay. they're having difficulties with sleep things like that. So unfortunately, there is a stigma that we're all too aware of uh, when it comes to treatment for mental illness. I mean, as a parent, that's scary, right? To think that your child has a, a mental illness. But mental health, mental illness, mental well-being, um, it's just like a physical 
ailment, right? The sooner you seek treatment for it, the sooner you learn more about it, and the, the sooner you do something about it, the better the outcome usually. Is that is that correct? Yes, and I tend to see it kind of like a spectrum. So if we're not doing enough for our mental well-being, um, then we can definitely start heading into that mental okay. disorder spectrum. And so think of mental wellness as a way to prevent mental disorders and okay. also as a way to lead us into resilience and lead us to flourish. Okay. And the message being also the earlier we, we seek treatment. I mean, don't be afraid or intimidated by trying to determine what's wrong with your child. Yes. I know, I mean, and I'm, I'm speaking as a parent. Sometimes you're like, I'm just going to stick my head in the sand and hopefully it'll mm -hmm. all be okay. Yes, and I think that prevention is key. So the earlier we detect something is wrong with the child or she's struggling, he or she is struggling in school, the earlier we can help the child and prevent uh, further difficulties. And, okay. You know. um, I heard a fact that, uh, and, and correct me, uh, you know, if, if it's, or if, let me know if it's even close, but that the onset of a, a mental illness usually shows up between the ages of 14 and 25. Um, but yet, you know, this age group and, and really any age group can go months, even years without even getting a diagnosis or seeking treatment. So talk a little about that, um, that area of... of, of yes, I, I think that uh, predominantly with depression and substance use, you do start seeing a, an anxiety as well. You start seeing an increase in that age range that you provided, adolescence and going into adulthood. Um, with the little ones, it's more behavioral problems in the classroom. But yes, it's more, uh, parents are more willing to take the adolescent to see the psychiatrist or see the, the pediatrician more mm -hmm. than they are the younger kids. Oh, but a lot okay. of the times you can detect the symptoms even beforehand. So you can see an anxious uh, adolescent, you ask questions, how were they when they were younger? And you even see the separation anxiety, you see the phobias, uh, panic attacks, even when they were younger. So you can detect it earlier, okay. but a large number come uh, during that age range. Okay. And when you detect that they, they have some of the things you just mentioned, is, is part of it teaching them the coping skills on how to recognize what is happening and then how to respond to it? Yes, and also talking to the family and, and providing that psychoeducation because a lot of the times parents aren't aware what's going on with the kid. They're not asking the correct questions or, you know, they don't know what's happening. So asking the questions, validating their emotions and providing those coping mechanisms for the child. And can we reassure the children as parents? Because if you're saying, well, I'm going to take you to the doctor. I mean, they don't like going to the doctor, right? Just because immunizations or, what, immunizations or whatever else, they're going to see the medical doctor. But how can we ease some of their concerns that we're going to go see, you know, uh, a doctor that's going to help with some of their behaviors? Yes, I always tell my uh, patients that I gave up my stethoscope for a tissue box. Mm -hmm. So I'm a different type of doctor. <laughs> but uh, I think that when we talk about emotions, uh, kind of relaying the motion, the, the, the feeling that, you know, our brain gets sick and we need to handle those emotions and we need to learn how to handle those emotions. And this doctor is going to help you with that, whether it's a therapist or a counselor or a psychiatrist. Okay. And not to put you on the spot, but do you have one of those coping techniques that you could share with uh, our viewers and our listeners that, uh, you know, a child can do maybe, let's say, if, if they have anxiety or they're really stressed. Do you have one of those coping skills? I mean, there's several. Uh, definitely the breathing techniques. I always recommend breathing, uh, relaxing the, the entire body, starting from the head 
muscles in the face, all the way to muscles in the shoulder, arms, okay. all the way to the toes. Sometimes also drawing or writing out what's bothering us, uh, getting it off of our chest. Uh, sometimes I'll have them write it on a piece of paper, then we crush it and we throw it in the trash and we say, okay, we're done thinking about that. Now let's focus on what nice. good we have in our life and how can we problem solve. Okay. Uh, but yes, there's different techniques that I'll do. And those um, are all tangible things that they can, can mm -hmm. do. And the sensory toys too. So for the anxious kids, there's a lot of sensory items out there that'll help uh, fidget toys and uh, okay. sensory items. Okay. Well, you briefly talked about um, substance use, but we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about what we need to know about teens and substance use. At Emergence Health Network, your behavioral health is our commitment. For more than 55 years, we have been serving our community, providing mental health programs, substance use treatments, assistance for our veterans, and 24-hour crisis care. This is us working for you. Well, as parents, we have a lot of concerns when it comes to our kids. I mean, everything from when they're they're infants to toddlers all the way up. I, you know, I have a, a young adult who's 22 and it seems like I worry more about him now than maybe I did when he was, was younger. Uh, but one of those concerns as they're growing up is their involvement um, and if there will be involvement, even though we hope not, with, with substance use. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk a little about that because more and more we hear about this trend with vaping. Uh, yes. And I wanted to address that. How big of an issue is, is vaping? I mean, we, we, maybe the kids think it's cool, maybe they think it's safer than cigarettes, I don't know, but it seems to be a growing problem, correct? Yes, particularly with the teenagers, the adolescents. I mean, if you're looking at ACAP, which is the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry, they quote 4.5 million US wow. teens are using vapes uh, or electronic cigarettes. Okay, and you would mention during the break that, you know, they're marketing towards it with the, with the tactics of bubblegum flavor or cotton candy. Yes, a lot of fr fruity flavor smells, and so they tend to, to cater towards the younger crowds. Okay, so what do you want um, those listening and watching to know about vaping? Uh, I mean, is it it's it harmful to the health, correct? I think a lot of the teenagers believe that they're not as harmful as cigarettes, but in fact, they can be more harmful to cigarettes. They can have a lot more mm. nicotine than cigarettes do. Uh, and as we know, nicotine is very addicting. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the times they can also have other substances besides nicotine or marijuana that can be harmful to the lungs. Okay. And it's actually, they're, they're, they're affecting their lungs. Mm -hmm. Okay. So do you have advice uh, for parents on how to approach a child uh, you know, how do you start that conversation? Uh, or do we wait till we suspect something? Do we start the conversation earlier? Yeah, I think it's important to kind of be open and allow the child to, to tell us that they're abusing. Um, try not to be judgmental because that'll shut them down. Yeah. Um, also relaying the facts, you know, talking to them about the brain development. Our brain does not stop developing until the 20s. So for us to be inhaling things and putting things in our brain can be harmful for our growth. Okay. Um, you know, putting out the statistics out there, talking about the lung and how it can affect the lungs. I think that would be important. Okay. And what if you have one of those, um, have a, a child who you're talking and they're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, they're not really engaging with you. I mean, how do we know that we're actually getting through to them? And, and do we try 
multiple times. <laughs> yeah, so, I, you know, we were talking over the break. I just had a mom earlier. And, you know, there's a lot of information out there in the Internet. internet. So CDC gives a lot of mm -hmm. information. ACAP, I mentioned that earlier. So just giving a fact sheet, and sometimes they even have drawings of what the vape looks like and oh. where it contains the liquid. And then sometimes they do not want to believe the parent, but if they read it in a guide, then, you know, they're more likely to believe that. Okay, so that's some helpful information. What do we do? So there's substance use and then there's addiction, correct? Um, how can we recognize if it, it, it's going to, you know, the really bad place of, of addiction and it, it's getting more prominent, not just vaping, but other drugs? How, what are some of the signs and symptoms we can recognize? So some of the signs would be if the child is having a difficult time sleeping okay. uh, because they need the substance to sleep, um, stealing, obtaining money, trying to go out of their way to obtain um, the drug, right, or the vape. Okay. I think those are all symptoms that now the child is starting to go into Ooh. the addiction route. Uh, failing grades, uh, poor social skills, irritability, changes in mood and changes in appetite. Those are all symptoms of addiction. And how do we know when, as parents, it's, it's time to reach out and, and get help from a professional? And what does that kind of help look like? Well, definitely, if you're seeing all of those symptoms that I reported, right. you're seeing that the child is doing poorly in school, they're not their usual self, they're not sleeping, and, you know, they're stealing, they're trying to obtain. That's when I would reach out to the pediatrician and see if they can get a referral for a specialist. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's not uh, a time that we want to put our head in the sand and, and think that it's all going to get No, better. because, you know, particularly with tobacco, that's a with nicotine, uh, that's a gateway drug. So a lot of the time that opens up other doors into other more dangerous uh, drugs. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I want to switch gears just a little bit and talk about autism. Okay. Um, and and I've, I, you, you specialize in, in autism, correct? In yes. Some of the, okay. So I, I want the public to know that, that we do have you as a, a resource and, and someone who's very knowledgeable in this field. So what do we need to know about autism? I mean, what is it for the, you know, the, the basic person out there? Mm -hmm. What is it? What do we need to be aware of? So with autism, the, li the way that I like to describe it is a different way that we perceive the world, right? Okay. So individuals can, with autism are on a spectrum, so sometimes we have mild autism, moderate autism, and severe autism. But really how they socialize, um, how they interpret the world, okay. whether that's um, verbal interpretation, sensory items, uh, how they understand relationships, that's different from neurotypical uh, individuals. Okay, and as a parent, that's pretty intimidating. It's scary to think, oh my gosh, is is this the road that we're going down? But there's help, right? I mean, you guys know more and more about this now. Yes, I think particularly with autism, the earlier we can detect uh, the red flags, the sooner we can uh, refer to therapy, whether that's occupational therapy, physical therapy, or speech. Okay, and what are some of those red flags? You mentioned a few. But... Yeah, so if they're not speaking before uh, a certain age, definitely it's... Delays and milestones. Oh, okay. uh, so if they're not babbling uh, before six months, if they're not talking before the age of one, saying single words, if they're not combining two words before the age of two, okay, um, then that's when I would question what's going on. Why is my son or daughter delayed? Okay. Uh, delayed in other uh, milestones such as motor milestones. Okay. Um, and, and social, definitely. Uh, this is a child who is not engaging with siblings, is, prefers to be on their own, and has a hard time interacting. Okay. Um, anything else that you want to talk about that we haven't mentioned that you think it's important that, you know, the people listening and 
um, you know. Particularly with, with autism, I would refer to the CDC. They have really nice uh, checklists that will tell you month by month uh, okay. what your child needs to be kind of checking off. And if your child is not, um, then I would recommend that you bring it up to your pediatrician and then they can provide the referral, whether that's to the neurologist, to the developmental pediatrician, or to the psychiatrist. Okay, and before we wrap it up, I just want to uh, you know drive home the fact that mental wellness, is, as you mentioned, is something that we could do as a family. We can do, you know, in the, before our kids individually. But it's kind of those habits that, that we want to make sure we take care of that we don't have a problem later on, correct? Yes, and modeling, modeling that for our kids. So if we're taking care of ourselves and we're taking the time okay. to, to practice mental wellness, then the kids will see that as well. Okay, and we do have um, our child and adolescence clinic um, at EHN, and it's located over at Boeing. What kind of services, in a nutshell, do we provide there? So we provide not only psychopharmacology, but we also have play therapy, individual therapy. We also do autism assessments there. Uh, I'm okay. the one that does the ADOS and also the CARS. Okay. Um, and family therapy. Okay, and real quick before we go, I wanna bring up that, that play therapy. We actually have play therapy rooms, yes. right? And the rooms, when you go in, there's, if you can imagine, it looks like a kindergarten room where you have a bunch of toys in a kitchen and coloring books and stuff. What is the purpose of that and, and how does that help? So Devin, teaching the kids coping skills within the context of play. So they're okay. able to play with other kids and able to handle their emotional dysregulation and their behavioral outbursts. Okay, perfect. Mm -hmm. So all of these resources are available to our community. That's the most important mm -hmm. message that we want to get out there. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much, Doctor. I appreciate your time and your advice and the information that you've shared with us and yes. hopefully you found it uh, useful as well. We'll see you yes. next time. Thank you for letting us be mindful of your health. Brought to you by Emergence Health Network. We'll see you next time. The preceding program was a paid commercial, which has been paid for by the advertiser, whose products and or services are featured in this program.